Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly. So glad you're here. Come on in. Hello, everyone. So glad you're here. Today, I'm talking to you about trauma responses and why they're pro-social. First of all, pro-social kind of relates or denotes to our behavior, like any behavior which is positive, helpful, and intended to promote social acceptance and friendship. And it sounds so nice. Who doesn't want to be socially accepted and part of friend groups and things like that? And it can be, but it can also be taken to extremes. And unfortunately, due to a lot of our conditioning as women and men, we oftentimes exhibit pro-social trauma responses at the expense of ourselves in the name of maintaining connection. And so ignoring your needs for the greater good, for the family, for an organization, it can help you maintain security or safety. And it makes sense when we think about ignoring your needs for the greater good or for the family or for an organization, because what that does is it helps you maintain security and safety by recognizing that this will help you maintain a part of your tribe or pack. Because as humans, we are wired for connection. Being connected to other humans used to be a matter of life and death. As young children, we started internalizing different experiences and shifting our behavior to be pro-social so that we could fit in. Because as children, being accepted by friend groups, family groups, things like that, it did feel like a matter of life or death, okay? So you might think, how could I have chosen something so unsafe or done this thing that was quote-unquote so unsafe, but it might've been less unsafe to you and to your nervous system than what you you knew or what your other options were at the time, okay? So what we're gonna do today I'm going to give you some examples of trauma responses and what they can look like for coaches and entrepreneurs. There's going to be a part two, like I said, and that will have more to do with trauma responses outside of this business entrepreneurship realm. So I'm talking about it today with respect to you, your business, or maybe you as an employee. And in the next part two, it's just going to be more how trauma responses may be affecting your personal life or things like that. And we'll also talk about trauma responses with clients as well at some point. So please remember that there's so much nuance to all of this. And I really want you to recognize that what we see on the outside can look the same, yet be coming from completely different energies and responses on the inside. And everything I'm offering here is for you to try on for yourself because you know what your energy is behind something and other people might not. Ultimately, it's just going to help you have more understanding and get more clear on yourself and where any potential trauma responses could be, or just potential condition responses or things like that. Okay. The different trauma responses that humans exhibit include a fight response, a flight response, a freeze response, and a fawn response. Okay. So I'll talk detailed on another podcast about like the biology of all of it, but today I just want to talk about it with respect to what it could look like as coaches. Okay, so a fight response might look like some version of pushiness, 
Okay. Maybe you're competitive with other people that you work with or competitive with other entrepreneurs or things like that. So whether you're in an organization or you work for or with other coaches, it almost feels like a zero sum game in the sense where it's either I win this match or you do a little bit of a fight energy, not, Hey, this is really fun having a competitor that just drives you in a fun way. This is different. Okay. Micromanaging. Sometimes with that fight response, we want to feel like we're in control of something. So we might micromanage clients, teams. So micromanaging could be something like that. An interesting thing might be being afraid of threats or making threats. So somehow maybe you're trying to protect. It's probably coming from trying to protect yourself in some way. And so it might be calling out other coaches with the aim of making yourself look better. And I just want to say, There's something about to be said for talking about problems, problems in cultures and environments and things like that versus this kind of fight energy. Okay. So really just let yourself be the last say to see if any of these fit for you or not. Okay. Again, over explaining to ensure that people understand or accept your point of view and not stopping until they do, whether they are genuine or not. They might just give up and agree with you. When they really don't, they just want the conversation to be over. Another example could be, quote unquote, calling clients out in the name of love, or this is what they need when the energy behind it is more insulting, shame-inducing, and aggressive, okay? I don't see that in the name of love or in the name of what they need, and it doesn't feel good, and it can trigger people's nervous systems. It probably doesn't feel that great to you or your nervous system either, even if you don't know that at the time. There's a difference between calling clients out and being lovingly frank and open, Coaching absolutely does not have to be a bullpen. There are enough places in the world where you can find bullpens. And if someone's coming to you as a coach, that might be the last thing that they want. Another thing, knowing your clients or your potential clients' pain points and using it against them when it comes to them making a decision based on what you think is best for them, or they're trying to make one that feels best for them. And you're using those pain points to to support your agenda more than theirs. And again, there's a big difference between this and simply just understanding your client and speaking their language, adding words to their experiences, letting them try stuff on, and again, being lovingly frank. Okay. Another interesting one that I think is fascinating is living out your failures and insecurities with your client's successes. It could just be worth checking in. Like, are we unconsciously pushing our clients to achieve things that we want or and think that we can't achieve or anything like that? Are we pushing our clients to achieve what we're not willing to do without ensuring that it's aligned action on their part? So there's a lot of examples for fight response. I think it can be just really helpful for people to recognize. So the flight response is more, if you think about a flight response, that's someone like running, moving, really busy, like that kind of busy energy. So flight response as an entrepreneur or potentially an employee, even the focus here is more for entrepreneurs, might be overworking, spending more time that you need to in the office, finding excuses to get back into the office. It could also be overscheduling, booking out all of your time so that you don't have downtime, right? Whether you're in the office, out of the office, it's easier for you to be working than not working. So like a chronic rushing, always moving energy, staying busy, even after hours. Now, Fawning response. I think, I don't want to say I see this one like the most in coaching, but I do see it a lot. And maybe this is because I work with a lot of women 
And a lot of women have been conditioned to fawn or feign or be people pleasers. And so the fawn or feign response is some version of people pleasing your clients. Okay. So you might even like not agree with something your client says, but you want to keep peace for whatever reason. And so you might nod your head at them as if you agree, even though you clearly don't. So like feigning agreeance, even when you don't. Okay. Another example could be over worrying or obsessing about how calls go, how your client's doing or how they're doing in relation to their goals. And one thing about that too, is that what that does is that just keeps us out of ourselves and our bodies and paying attention to how we're doing and how we're doing in relation to our goals. It's easier for our brain to go over to other people than to look at some of our stuff and over delivering can totally fit here. It sounds pretty. But are you overriding your needs, your intuition, your weekends or whatever it is, whatever your schedule is to make this happen? It's a different energy than, like I said, just being like, you know what? I can do this. This is easy. Whatnot. It can be either you get to decide for you. Checking emails and boxers and things like that when you know it's out of alignment with your values. Maybe you just know that you need a day off every week or two days off and you find yourself doing that anyway could just be worth checking in. What's the energy behind this? Okay. Being overly responsive on the surface because it feels like it needs to be you. So thinking it needs to be you to support them. Struggling to end calls on time. Okay. And if you work for an organization, just check in. Where are my people pleasing at a cost to me? Where am I saying yes to them? Which ends up being a no to me and what I need at some point. All right. Now the freeze response is some, you know, what I like to think of the way I like to think about it is some version of paralysis. Procrastinating is a big one, not getting anything done that you've scheduled. And again, there's nuance to this. For some people, they're like, I like to do it this way. I like to only have on my calendar the calls that I have, and I just trust that other things are going to happen and whatnot. You know your energy. So if you do it differently than this, or if you if, if you hear it and like, oh no, is this me? It might not be you unless you're really just noticing that procrastination kind of paralysis energy, okay? So it's always more the energy behind the behavior than the straight up behavior. My next one is not posting, but there could be so many different things here. We might not be posting, sure, because of a freeze response, because we're in a little bit of paralysis and we're afraid of what people are going to see or think about us if we post. But sometimes we don't post because there's some values mismatch and we just haven't brought that to our consciousness yet. And not posting could actually be in alignment with our values. So again, it's not always the behavior, it's what's behind it. Okay. Comparing. That's like, instead of doing your work, you're just like watching, looking, it's almost like a little bit of a numb out or a distraction type thing where you're paying attention more to what other people are than yourself because that feels a lot easier than doing your own stuff. Okay. Um, and again, just not taking action on the things you're meant to do. Okay. And what I see sometimes is where we can be in a freeze response and then we don't take action on things because we're actually in a freeze response. And then we kind of layer on this shame or this blame where we're like, gosh, I'm so lazy how they can do it. But I can't. And what if there's nothing wrong with you? What if there's just something to learn about your body and what your nervous system needs and things like that. Another one could be being less responsive with your clients than normal. So maybe you're like afraid to check the emails or messages that they send you because you're like, 
afraid you're going to get fired or afraid you won't get hired or you're afraid that their actions might prove some fear that you have about yourself to be true, even though that's not really the case. It's just where your brain goes. So that could just be another thing to check in. And then I would just say any sort of like numbing out and stuff like that, that's a little bit more, this is more on the freeze response stuff. And so, yes, I could say social media and Netflix and all the things, but again, always check in with the energy behind the behavior. Because for me, sometimes I can't wait to check my social media after work, or I get really excited about Netflix and ice cream sundaes, the energy behind your behaviors, or for now, you can just start noticing it and see what's there and, and go from there. Because I've had plenty of Netflix and ice cream sundaes nights where I just, I needed to check out of my life. And it was total trauma response, especially when I was going through a lot of my stuff with my husband being sick years ago. And I look back and even as I see that, yes, definite trauma responses was definitely experiencing trauma. I'm also grateful that I had Netflix and Brownie Sundays to get me through some of those really tough years. (laughs) So we don't have to get down on ourselves when we have these trauma responses. We can be grateful for the intelligence behind our behavior, even if we don't consciously understand it or recognize it yet. Okay. Another thing with the freeze response could be maybe your client says something that kind of triggers you and you either freeze, you say nothing, or you say something back that feels more automatic. And then after you say it, you you think to yourself, what was that? Like, what did I even just say? (laughs) Okay. That happens as a coach. And to say, we're never going to get triggered is to say that we're robots and none of us coaches want to be robots. So I think The goal is just to take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies, to minimize some of this stuff and recognize that we're humans working with humans and this stuff happens and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. So if any of this resonates with you or you think it could be a trauma response of some sort, I just really want to emphasize that nothing has gone wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. And sometimes just your awareness of some of these behaviors, again, It doesn't always mean it's a trauma response. It could just be some conditioning. But if the awareness isn't enough to help you shift away from the behaviors, if you feel like it's in alignment to shift away from those behaviors, it's likely that more than one-dimensional mindset work will be needed for that to happen, okay? Because a lot of these behaviors come from decades and decades of conditioning, program internalizing, inherited traits, and all the things. So if you are a coach and you're not sure... If this, if this is a thing for you or isn't, you can totally reach out and we can go back and forth a little bit to get a little more clarity. But what I do want you to know is that language matters. I always say to my clients, like putting the right words to your experience deepens the line of healing and putting the right language to what we're experiencing can be extremely validating. Okay. So the more you understand the context with which these ideas come from, firstly for yourself, the easier and more natural, it will be to take care of yourself as you work as an entrepreneur or for an organization. Okay. So keep listening. The next episode, we're going to talk more about trauma responses outside of like entrepreneurship circles, which I think is really helpful. And thank you for being here. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Come and join us in this revolution. Gotta crop before we walk this in revolution. So are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches? Go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you. And we ready to hear this what we pursuing.
coaches change lives, it's what we doing. This the place to be, no need to panic, see. We got each other's backs in this healing community. Wanna know the facts? It's simple. When we coming together, yeah, we got unity.